What's up, good people? Michael here, host of the latest political podcast, Cuckoo for Politics, where I am cuckoo and passionate about politics, and I'm sure you are too. You wouldn't be listening. Hey, so with that in mind, grab your favorite libations, whether it be coffee, tea, water, juice, beer, wine, or spirit or two. We'll talk about the hot topics that matter to you. Let's get started. This podcast, I will be reevaluating the last presidential debate between Donald Trump and Joe Biden. The question that will be discussed is which Donald Trump showed up that night? Did he talk to his base only or did he expand and convince undecided voters? Is there a sense of Trump fatigue, perhaps? And why is it that when the issue of race comes up, White politicians often respond by saying they're going to address crime. Is crime the only issue that the black community is concerned about? I asked these questions and discussed this with fellow alum Sam G from Eastern Nazarene College and an attorney from Boston University School of Law. As you recall, he established his own consulting company where he advises clients in areas of strategic communication, media relations, and crisis communications. This and more will be discussed on this episode of Cuckoo for Politics. What's up, good people? Michael here, host of the political podcast, Cuckoo for Politics. I have invited my reoccurring guest, Sam Jean. As recall, when we left that last conversation that we had under Raw on Uncut, we talked about our predictions of what we can expect at the last presidential debate that took place. Now, as you recall, I had anticipated uh, President Trump coming into the debate stage prepared with substance, with facts and figures. And you responded that, I guess, I still believe in Santa Claus. And it's like wishing Donald Trump coming to the debate stage without a tan. I mean, he was prepared. Uh, So What's your take on it? Because I I took some notes on it and I want to ask you a couple of questions. But let me, before we go into the substance of the debate, I want to ask you to critique the performance from the moderator to the two candidates. Welcome back, Sam. Thanks, Michael. Um, I owe you an apology, Michael. You do? Uh I owe you a a quasi-apology. Um, Please, because I I told you that if Donald Trump showed up with with policy statistics numbers, that I I would bet my left arm that he wouldn't do that. Um, I think I was partially right, but where I was wrong and where I owe you an apology is that he he managed to restrain himself for most of the debate. And remember, we talked last time about there being a a curve for Donald Trump. And so because the bar was set so low for him, he showed up and he wasn't a raving lunatic. Everyone said he did better. And so if you're looking at the optics of it, which is to say, if you just looked at it without listening, it looked like a normal presidential debate. Um, so uh, 
So on that front, even though we had a good giggle about it, mm-hmm. um, and we may have more giggles today because when we get to the substance of it, that's where the whole thing falls apart. Um, and when I told you that Donald Trump was going to talk about Hunter Biden laptop and emails, that's where he kept trying to direct the entire conversation and their last minute surprise with this Hunter Biden former business partner who claims to have information about Joe Biden and China in deals. That that part of it was exactly what I expected. But he was he was more restrained. I would have to say, yes, I think he got schooled by his advisors. I'm sure it was not the one or two. He probably had an army of advisors that kept screaming at him as far as trying to hold the tone down in his last-ditch effort. Now, technically, or polls are suggesting that the the challenger, Joe Biden, is in the lead. But again, as I relearned from 2016, do not believe in the polls. Do not well, sit I, down. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't know if, I, I think after this election, everyone will feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, I don't think that the polls have been incorrect since Donald Trump. I think that the numbers that people are accustomed to watching, uh, I think they've changed their focus. So they watch different numbers. Like right now, most of yeah, Joe Biden in terms of, of vote getting is above 50%. That's, that's an enormous advantage. Um, but I, I, I think that th- there were two things about it. I, I think when you are very close to politics, your analysis of things can be a little bit uh, skewed. Skewed? Yeah, because you're too close. Mm -hmm. And by you, I mean me. Because when I watched the debate, because you asked about the moderator, when I watched the debate, I wasn't particularly, I I was a little bit frustrated by the moderator uh, because there were times where I just felt that both candidates were ranting. They were just, just going but Trump did most of the ranting and she gave him an opportunity to rant and, and, and what he did with those rants, he didn't say anything substantive. He went to the laptop and all this stuff. So I wasn't, I wasn't even sure if the mute button came into play, (laughs) but the average person thought she did a great job. And I think if you compare it to the first debate where unfortunately people blame the moderator and and it was less the moderator, and more the person who's at the who's in the debate, but I think Correct. that because there was this this stark contrast between the two debates, that the feeling was that she did a good job, and the average person felt that that she was great. So my opinion on that doesn't matter because I think I'm a little I'm a little too close. Sometimes we want reporters to ask the kinds of questions that we would ask. And and you have to uh, disengage from that. And so, she, yeah, I think. Yeah. No, I was going to say, Kristen Welker, yeah. I believe her mm-hmm. uh, um, her name from um, MSNBC, I believe. Yeah. She, she, I, from optic wise, and again, like I said before, um, Trump's team yelled at him, so he was on he was on his best behavior, or he took some medication yeah. to keep himself <laughs> calm. Um, so I think that's where you're right. As far as Chris Wallace in the first presidential debate, he had no control 
um, or he lost control because the candidate, uh, meeting the incumbent, was just all off the rails. But she, I like one thing I did like is that when he, when either candidate did not answer fully, she kept going back. Um, I remember the the part even with the Black Lives Matter with the issue. I, I I believe when she asked that question about the talk, that the black community. Often have to have the talk, regardless of economic background, that they have to have a talk with their child, male and female, but particularly males, that when they get pulled over for a moving violation, the 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 way to respond to police officer to keep your hands visible, and so forth. And Biden responded just like he understood. He uh, empathy. He he compared the fact that when his daughter goes out. She doesn't have to go through that circumstance, whereas a black person, um, again, regardless of economic background, they have to have the 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 way to go about um, when they get pulled over by a cop. But Donald Trump, his response was, "Well, I gave money to black colleges. How come they're not happy with that?" Well, I I I I think you, I was dissatisfied with Joe Biden's answer. But okay. but I was dissatisfied with both their answers. But I generally tend to be dissatisfied with politicians' answers about race um, because I feel as if the things that they say are the things that they're expected to say depending on what side of the political spectrum you're on. Uh, I, I thought Biden gave a, a, a it was a it was a it was an acceptable answer. It was an acceptable answer, but I wanted more than an acceptable answer. But again, this is me personally, right? I'm too close to this stuff. So his answer might have satisfied the average American viewing. Uh, Trump, on the other hand, I mean, it's this amazing, uh, it's this amazing dance that he does. and, And certain things don't penetrate him. Because he thinks, because his life is purely transactional, that the way that you prove that you aren't racist is to do things for black people. The way to prove that you aren't a racist is to say, I have black friends or black people like me, right? There's this transaction yeah. going on. But his answer is, is, is the typical answer. And then, of course... It pivots to an attack of, it pivoted to him talking in part, right, about him him being the least racist person. Yeah, the and that he can't see the audience. It, 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 those comical <laughs> things, I, I mean, Michael, this is where we're at, right? The average person would even understand what that means. And, and they, would, they would refrain from saying that. And, and one of the things is he, he's... I, I thought, to, to be honest with you, I thought his performance was the performance of a person who had given up. I, 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 I just saw him there doing what he had to do, but his heart wasn't in it. His heart wasn't in it. Hmm. Maybe his expectation was he would, it would be more combative with, it would be more combative with, with the moderator Maybe his expectation was that Joe would be even wilder 
Uh, I think he he actually did himself a favor by letting Joe talk this time, but he didn't he didn't have the fire in the belly for it that you could tell he had in the first debate, and you can tell he has when he's out doing his improv bit uh, on the campaign trail. <laughs> he, he just he just seemed like okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm just gonna do these things. And I'm just going to get through this Uh, because even when he was trying to bring up the laptops and all this stuff, it, it, I I also, and I saw people say this afterwards, but I remember I texted you. I, I, I told you, if you don't watch Fox news, half the stuff he was saying, you have no idea what he's talking about. AOC plus three. three. (laughs) Yeah. If you don't watch Fox news, you have no idea what that means. And, and, and this goes back to our point about is he widening his base or is he, he's just speaking to people who, who speak his language. And so in that sense, I guess because he didn't come on stage, his head didn't explode, he didn't run over and cough on Joe Biden, we're going to give him a win. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let, Go let, let's, let's give him that win. But in terms of substance... The the man doesn't the man doesn't know what he he doesn't know what he's talking about and and you can see that he's 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 a he's a he's a he's a he's a con BS artist right but he's really a BS artist and he's up there BSing like it's just he's just winging it he didn't read the book and he's he's called in front of the class to give a book review and he's just he's just winging it and and. If you haven't read the book, you might think, oh, yeah, he read the book. But if you read the book, you're looking at him going, <laughs> he didn't read the book. He has no idea what he's talking about. And, and yeah. I, I, no, you're, you're right. And I'm laughing because I've often said, and you say he's a con man, and I, I agree 100%. Um, he is not the smartest person in the classroom, if we want to use that analogy. But he's great at manipulating and giving you the appearance that he somewhat understands. And this is where I circle back to why uh, Kristen Welker, she says, well, she asked that question again about Black Lives Matter. And he still st- says, you know, um, he didn't address the issue in the hand as far as saying, um, I understand what the community is going through. These are the issues that I've been trying to work on. These are the things I've been successful. But he he pivots to criminal reform again, like like that's the only thing. That yeah, we're Michael, about. I want to ask. Um, I want to ask you a question, because okay. as, as a black voter, the thing that frustrates me the most is that whenever we talk about issues that are important to the African American community the first issue that they bring up is criminal justice reform. And they don't bring up employment. They don't bring up health care. It's always criminal sure. justice reform. And, and part oh, of it, mm-hmm. part of when I hear those questions, I go, well, this is what perpetuates these conversations I have with conservatives on Facebook about criminal justice reform being exclusively an issue that only African-Americans are concerned with. 
I agree with you a whole hundred percent. It's it's like that's the only thing we're concerned about. Like, no, I'm I'm about wages. I'm you do about health benefits. You, talking, you, you want education, and 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 there yes. is a difference uh, between crime and safety. There is a difference. There is a difference yes. in, in terms of what criminal justice reform, because it isn't just simply that there are a bunch of African American males benefiting from the criminal justice reform. Part of the issue of criminal justice reform is the fact that we now understand that there was extreme bias in creating those laws. Now, there were people from the beginning who were like, these laws are going to disproportionately impact African-American drug dealers as opposed to white drug dealers. Mm -hmm. There were people who said those kinds of things, but they were, they were brushed off. The, the interesting thing is if, if Democrats had tried to do criminal justice reform and when they did, Republicans didn't go along with it. But I, I can say that that's a good thing that the laws are more equitable on one hand w w with criminal justice reform. Now, on the other hand, you have Trump and the Department of Justice and how they are um, instituting this criminal justice reform. So, for example, while they talk about it, they are accepting less petitions. They're changing the criteria for people who had low level offenses. So there's a lot going on there that on the outside, he says, yeah, yeah, it looks great. But when you when you delve into it, you realize, well, they're not really doing as much as they're saying. But I can give him credit and say, OK, maybe uh, he worked with Democrats. They got a bill. People were happy with it. Absolutely. But because he got criminal justice reform passed doesn't mean he deserves four years. Am I supposed to forget no. the hundred other things that, that he hasn't been able to accomplish? <laughs> Am I supposed to forget who, in essence, the man is? So it, it, in that vein, those, his answers to those questions weren't moving to me. I found them a bit pandering. I found them a bit condescending. And honestly, I found them a bit racist. Hey, look, I gave black colleges Agreed. money. I'm, I'm the least racist person in the world. A friend that I went to a um, middle school with pointed this out. He says, when a person says, I'm the least racist person in here, they're acknowledging that they're racist. <laughs> they're just saying mm -hmm. they're less racist <laughs> than you are. <laughs> right? So he's in a room where the moderator is a black woman, and he tells her, I'm less racist than you are. Yeah. And he yeah. said that before, and he's... He's the, he's done more for Abraham Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln as, as, as like, in, in, again condescending. We're supposed to thank Papa Trump for for criminal justice reform. <laughs> We're supposed to thank him. It, it, it's it, it's one of those things though that is is the deficient politicians always talk about what they do, so that's part of the job, and and there's a certain amount of ego that goes into being a politician. But this dude is so narcissistic that that everything, that, that's why I say it's transactional. Everything that he does has to be about him and how it benefits him. If you told him this would benefit the country, but it would hurt you, he wouldn't do it. No, he, uh, no, not at all. No, no. And it seems like he uh, appeals, like you said, he was talking to his, um, his base. Um, most people would like would hear that they're like, yeah, he he has done more for African Americans because uh, 
Obama didn't do anything, and I mean, they just the, people who and, don't and know people who don't people who watch Fox News and, and and who believe that when people talk about the economy, there's a difference between coming out of a recession and rebuilding an economy, and then being handed a rebuilt economy. Right? There's 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 a big difference, and so Trump started off on third base. And he made it home, and he's telling you, <laughs> man, it's all because of me. Uh, it, it's a, and, and he has to say that because he is a failure as a president. And, and when we talk about today, I've told you before, it wouldn't have been hard for him to have a decent campaign if, if he weren't who he was, though. But, but he is who he is. And, and now, because the debate performance was was graded on a curve, uh, the enablers are continuing to push him and to push him. But I think in Republican circles, there is this general feeling that time's, time's winding down. Yeah, yeah. And um, somewhat jumping ship. I'm going to ask you uh, a debate strategy or tactic, what I observed. Okay, um, I'm a novice in this, and you're more experienced in the de- on the debate stage. But what I found was that, and then most politicians, seasoned politicians, know how to do this. But this is what my observation was: the question was about the federal government's failure to reunite families. Mm-hmm. As you recall, early in the Trump administration, um, he sent. Um, Customs Border Patrol to separate families, and there was a, yeah. a lawsuit, and the lawsuit had to, I mean, the lawsuit, the federal government lost, and they were forced to re- reunite families. So the question was asked about that, and Donald Trump had the stage, he could have answered, and how he responded was, well, Joe Biden built the, the cages. I'm like that has nothing to do with the failure it's, it's, of reuniting it's, it's, the family. <laughs> who cares who built the stage? Uh, who built the cages? How come you have failed to uh, reunite families? Of, yeah, that's it, a deflection. It's a deflection. It's a pivot. It's it's a way to attack. It can work. Uh, the The problem is, as you said, the question is, what did you do? But if you remember, first thing he did which prompted me to say that his response was sociopathic was to say that these children were brought over by coyotes. Okay. That was the first, that, that was the yeah, first like, where are... response. So in other words, these children who are separated, they were brought over by, by smugglers and traffickers. But the very definition of what happened in those courtrooms were coyotes. These children weren't separated because they were with smugglers. These children were separated from their parents. And the administration has said it. it's on paper. They've admitted that the reason that they separated them was to disincentivize other people from coming. Okay, not only did they separate them, not only did they put them in cages indefinitely, because he said, for example, Joe Biden build the cages or Obama build the cages and things of that nature. Uh, there are some places, detention places, that were built during Obama, absolutely. Do you know what the maximum hold time that they could keep anybody in one of these things was? 72 hours. So people weren't living in these things for weeks and months on end. So let's put that aside, okay? Now, Mm -hmm. when you separate them, 
it is your duty to know where the kids are going or where the parents are going because a judge at some point in the future might say their asylum case is granted. You need to reunite them. That has nothing to do with Joe Biden. A person who's a, a sociopath isn't going to say, oh, we take good care of them, except they don't have their parents. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, instead of turning around and saying, hey, maybe there were some mistakes. That No, he was like, hey, I'm not responsible for this. Coyotes bought them over. Joe and Obama built the cages. We take great care of those kids anyway. That's his response. Whereas Biden's response was a little bit more empathetic. And, and that's the thing about him, is that even when he is given the opportunity to sort of admit a mistake and clean it up, he doubles down because he just he doesn't know any better. And, and their philosophy about immigration, I often say that they don't, they don't, Trump doesn't really believe in anything. And I believe that. But their policy on immigration is, is coming from the top down. They are not interested in, in yeah, brown and black immigration at all. No, not at all. I think uh, one of the running jokes is that Trump's immigration policy is more loose when it comes to uh, mail order bribes. <laughs> like you said, he wants to sell off uh, Puerto Rico for Greenland. I mean, well, yeah, Trump. Those kinds of things uh, in the debate, but it, it can work. But I think a it's already too late, right? Uh, we have this conversation about people who are still undecided. It's madness to me. But if there was anyone who was undecided. Most of the polling said that everyone thought that Joe Biden was was the winner. Um, but like I said, I think that he was going through the motions. He wanted to finish. He wanted to get through it. And he knew he wouldn't help himself if he was just raging out of control again. Uh, and also because I think they were really nervous about the mute button, right? If he was out of control, that she could just simply mute him and no one would hear his ranting and his raving. I, I think the I don't know if the I, mute button. I don't. I mean, know. Uh, did it work? I, I, I've I've read accounts where it had been used. It didn't occur to me that it had been used because the man spoke a lot. He spoke a lot, and and maybe I'm 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 at the point of Trump fatigue. Yeah, I think uh, the nation or the <laughs> globe itself is Trump fatigued. It's like something calm. I read uh, a post that. I was not enthusiastic about supporting Biden. Um, I'm a Republican. I've been always, but I am so tired of seeing Trump constantly um, hogging up air everywhere you go. It's like it, he kind of just a distraction. And they agree on some things that the Vice President Biden is proposing. Um, and hopefully that could be implemented. But they're really just the re main reason why they're voting away from Trump is, a, is Trump one of fatigue. the things um, that we don't say enough and we don't admit enough is how misogynist this country is. We, we don't mm. we, we like to pretend that Hillary lost because of this and that. She didn't go to Wisconsin. She didn't go to Michigan, allegedly Pennsylvania, those kinds of things. But and while those things may have played a part, 
we don't understand we don't give enough importance to the to the misogyny of of america and so in 2016 there were those of us who thought that america would never allow trump to be president just on the on the principle of that's not the guy you want as president on on the idea that correct there were there've only been 44 people 43 people uh, technically uh before you who have who have had this job and so this job is is a very prestigious job and in order to have it you are you at least ought to have some broad outlines of a particular character uh trump didn't trump didn't fit any of that and and there were people who say they liked that now i think they liked other things i think they were misogynist i think there was some racism in there but i also think they 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 like to be able to say well he's not a politician he's not a politician he's not a politician well what we know now for those people is that trump governs like a typical republican he tried to say that he's a populist but everything that he's enacted has nothing to do with his populism everything that he's done is in fact to the benefit of people like him that's one number 2 People thought there were some people, and I don't know who these people are, but they do exist. They thought that he would he would become presidential. The the job has this this way of of just changing you because you you are essentially on call twenty four seven. One of the things that people who have worked for presidents tell me that former presidents enjoy is that they are no longer on call twenty four seven. Even when they're on vacation, it's it's a job that you can't get away from, and so people thought that maybe the the heaviness of the job, the importance of the job, would change him. Uh, those people were wrong. People thought that he would be less crude, less boorish, less arrogant. They were wrong, and so in 2016, maybe if I'm being generous, people thought, ah, let's give him a shot. It's 2020. You gave him a shot. He's worse than, than you thought, or he isn't what you thought he would be. And I don't think that if those people were undecided, I don't think that they're going to give him another shot because they're also tired of he brings a certain energy to politics that is just toxic. It's toxic to begin with. If you're dealing with, with, with what is. politics has become in this country, it's toxic to begin with. But he brings a certain heaviness and a in a level of toxicity that's on 10. And and that just makes people tired. Do you think is that's the reason why, um, because you said something about, you know, 2016, Hillary Clinton. Um, do you think that's why the Biden team doesn't showcase um, the vice presidential candidate, Kamala Harris, as much? I mean, you see on social well, media, I, ads, I think you see clips. But if you notice, not uh, Trump face. has started attacking her and saying uh, the democratic socialist lady, okay? He doesn't even say black woman. He says lady and because he understands saying lady. He understands what that means. So there's a certain group of people in this country who a woman can't do anything. So now he makes it seem like he's running against Kamala Harris and Joe Biden uh, actually had uh, very good responses in the debate when he would bring up Bernie Sanders or the left. And Joe Biden says, hey, you're running against me. You're not running against any of these other people. And yes. that's a very legitimate claim to make. Those other people 
did not win the primary. So he isn't them. The attacks that he's used before on other people, they can't work on him, which is why you see this desperation about trying to link him to Ukraine and Chinese deals and laptops and and, and Rudy Giuliani and, and crack cocaine son and, and, and just shadiness. It's, it's because they don't really have anything to respond. Yeah. You can call him a liberal. He is, you could call him that like a moderate liberal. You could call him that, but people want that because it's normal that what, what you're doing mm-hmm. and what you're seeing about him is just abnormal. And I'm not talking about the Republican policies because the Republican policies have been like this for 20 some odd years. There's a reason for all this talk about Trump and toxicity and bringing down the Republican brand. There's a reason why Republican lawmakers vote with what he wants 90 to 95 percent of the time. The reason is because most of these things are things they wanted. The reason they're running through all these judges in the 11th hour is because that's what they want. Deregulation, that's what they want. Tax cuts, that's what they want. Bigger defense spending, that's what they want. What they don't want is Trump saying the quiet parts out loud. And what are the Mexicans quiet parts? Mexicans are rapists. That lady. <laughs> stand stand <laughs> back, boys. right? Stand by, stand They don't want that part. Mm -hmm. They don't want that part said Mm, because that's not the face that they want. That's not that's not helpful to them. But when you have an immigration policy that is designed and targeted from preventing people from Central America and Mexico to migrate here or to ask for asylum, people who are coming fleeing the kinds of things that we say if it was happening in Europe, we would welcome them. We would say, yes, you're fleeing gangs, you're fleeing war. Come on in, we'll take you. So those kinds of things, those are those principles, not doing anything about the dreamers. Really not. And now Republicans realize this is not great for them. So they have to say something. But does anybody in this country think it's fair that uh, a, a kid who's two years old is brought to this country, raised in this country, educated in this country, has been here their whole life. They don't know anything about the country they came from because if they left the country, they couldn't get back in. So they don't know anything about it. And you want to send them back to that country because of what? Meanwhile, these are people who are working here. They're contributing to this society and they intend to stay. Now, yeah. Now, if they Thank thought these people would vote Republican, and I don't even know why they have this assumption that they're going to vote Democrat. I, I don't know why. But but if they thought that these people would be overwhelmingly Republican voters, they would have no problems granting them a path to citizenship. No, but I, it's probably they, they look inside their Republican leadership, whether it's in Congress or it's in state houses, and it's predominantly older white male. That seems to be, when they have a sprinkle of a minority, they put that person in the forefront when they need them to talk about a particular issue, but then pull them back and say, okay, stay in the closet until we're ready to call on you. Whereas the Democratic Party uh, at present, I mean, it wasn't always like this, but it's definitely more 
reflective uh, of the country. I, I think uh, more, I think that's color. fair. Go ahead. I think I think the Democrats are are better at showcasing their diversity. I'm not one of these people who doesn't believe that there are black Republicans. I know quite a few black Republicans. We know quite a few no, black no, Republicans, no. right? So, but but yes. the Democrats aren't ashamed of showing that that diversity. You are right. Republicans trot them out. The only time I hear somebody mention um, Senator Tim Scott, the only time is when it comes to an issue of race. And, and this crime and this police exactly. uh, accountability bill that he's been working on. That's the only time they talk about uh, they, they talk about Tim Scott. If you want to talk about foreign affairs, nobody brings up Tim Scott. You want to talk about the coronavirus, nobody wants to hear what Tim Scott has to say. <laughs> right. It, 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 it's, it's, it's this thing that, <laughs> oh, yes. Or, or, even, or even Ben Carson. He came yeah. out once, I think, early in, during the pandemic, but he, but he's been put it, it, back in the closet. So when they say that they are, uh, they are unfairly labeled as racist and, and and those kinds of things. Me, I'm I'm just a person who believes that it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to look at what you do, right? You can you can and 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 their mm-hmm. policies have had an effect on hurting people in a way that. Republicans, I, I, I read this interest I read this interesting thing this week, and it so resonated with me. Uh, and, and, and this philosopher uh, was saying, Noam Chowski was saying that it isn't necessarily like when you're walking down the street, for example, you're not worried about crushing ants. That's not that's that's not what's going through your head. You're no. just trying to get to where you're going. <laughs> but that's how Republicans <laughs> see everyone else. They don't perceive uh, the poor or people who might die because they can't get insurance. They're just ants. It's not like they want them to die in 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 active thought. They just don't think about those things because they're a person and you're an ant. And why would they ever think about those kinds of issues? So when I look at these issues, because during the pandemic, they want to gut. Healthcare and and what's surprising to me is is even people who are out there defending private insurance, they seem to forget, Michael, that before the Affordable Care Act passed, insurance companies could simply say to you, "I'm not going to insure you because, you know, when you were a kid, uh, you got you had a laceration in your kidney, and that's a pre-existing condition." Pe- people forget that, yeah. and that wasn't long ago. And if you contract with COVID you have it. in like, the future, and, oh, you had that, thing, therefore we're going to deny you. When we were younger men, we didn't care about that. <laughs> okay, when you were I'm younger, so young. you young men don't care about that. <laughs> but as men like myself age, we begin to realize, oh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I ran for a bunch of years. My knees are not what they used to be. Right? I have arthritic knees. That's a pre-existing condition. But that's also a condition that most men my age who used to run have. Back in 2006, an insurance company could say, hey, I'm not going to cover you, period. Or if it has anything to do with your knees, I'm not going to cover it. Like people seem to forget that. So now, during the time of a pandemic, when people are going to need insurance, you have Republicans trying to put someone on the Supreme Court who has indicated that they don't believe in the constitutionality of of the Affordable Care Act. 
you have Republicans who want it destroyed and they don't have a backup plan. They don't have, they don't have anything. They just want it gone. Now, do I think that these people think about the consequences of that? No, I just think they just, they just think that if you can't afford insurance, that's on you. That's on you. Yeah, because we can. I think I, I when you talk about the, the Supreme Court nominee, I, I think about four years ago when it was thought Hillary Clinton would win, that Mitch McConnell mm-hmm. was going to shrink the court because he did not wish to have a Democrat appoint uh, a Supreme Court justice. However, he is now, as we said earlier, he's rushing this uh, appointment to so they could have their people in place and in hope that she will rule against Affordable Care Act. And then again, he was uh, the president was even asked that on the debate stage. And he says, OK, you're going to have it. It's in two weeks. Well, he's but been he's been saying that he's been saying that since I'm like, oh, my before goodness. the election, I'm, since before, since 2015. Yeah, there isn't there isn't. And for me, from a practical perspective, if I'm let's say I'm not this Bernie Sanders supporting left wing political person, let's just say um, I'm I'm quote unquote. In average, and by average, I'm not going to pick a white man in the Midwest. Okay, let's just let's just pick for the first time a black man in the Midwest. If I'm looking at the Republican policies, and I work, and I have insurance through work, but if if I lose my job, how am I going to get insurance? Even if I get some state-run insurance, how am I going to get insurance? What if I don't qualify for that? Am I going to vote for a party that is going to take away my health insurance or better yet if i lose my health insurance i won't have the opportunity to get it somebody something that's going to close off pre-existing conditions that the average midwestern guy black or white is not gonna that's not a good look for them that's not and the interesting thing is when you take away when you don't call it obamacare when you take away any democratic attachments to the bill and you explain to people what it does, they don't even have a problem with it. They think it's great. It, it comes similar. If you take away the word Obama, they'll love it. If you take away, like even I say the same thing about the Black Lives Matter, the whole controversy um, is just the fact it's Black and they think it, there are people who perceive the the word as my your life meaning black the black community is surpassing mine or better than um me and that's not the uh, that's not the equation it's just to highlight there's an issue going on but i think it's the word that they uh but but all these things again black lives these are things like words are important how you use words are are definitely important but there's also this feeling like what is it to be a republican the thing that frustrates me to no end is this impression that somehow Trump is not a Republican. Well, Trump is passing a bunch of Republican policies. He's enacting a bunch of Republican policies. He's supporting a bunch of Republican policies. And like I said earlier, it isn't, if he weren't a Republican, they would disagree with him more on the policy. I'm not even talking about disagree with him in how he talks, how he operates, how he governs, just on the policy. 
They don't disagree with him on the policy. All of them, for all their conversations and talk about what's right. Mitt Romney's going to vote for the Supreme Court justice. Ben Sass is going to vote for the Supreme Court justice. You have only two Republican senators who said they're not going to do it. But all of them are going to do it. They, they can't run from that. They, they can try to run from Trump, but, but Trump, what Trump is saying is these things that you wanted, I did. Why are you guys turning on me? And, and in, on some level, he's absolutely right. You wanted judges. I gave you judges. Why are you now turning on me? This is a man who doesn't take rejection well or uh, always wants to remain the popular kid. Sam, we covered a lot of topics throughout our entire conversation regarding the three debates, the style, the optics, the questions, and the substance matter. November 3rd is fast approaching, and we may not find out the final results or who is the victor on that night. We will probably find out days or weeks later due to the significant increase of mail-in ballot voting. What is your prediction, but also what challenges do you find that Joe Biden faces if he was to win or the mindset of the voter with the manufactured falsehoods with the um, Hunter Biden laptop issue um, and the undecided voter. Wh- where do you, what do you take from this? Yeah. Joe should win. He's, he has a lot of advantages um, that Hillary didn't have. Uh, people haven't spent 20 years being told they should hate Joe Biden. That's why it's hard for them now to hate Biden. The Republicans should have started or Trump's people should have started this a long time ago. It's very hard. Joe Biden was always seen as kind of like the goofy, fun uncle. So so no, nobody saw him as, yeah. as someone they should hate, uh, even given his performance. Um, and you could tell that he had been forgiven because his performance with the Anita Hill hearing, uh, a lot of people remember, was not one of his brighter moments of his of his political career but with obama as vice president he had reinvented himself and people people liked him and so there is a thing that that unless you're a hardcore trumper it is very hard to dislike joe biden he he just doesn't come across as someone that that you would just dislike and that's why they they come up with uh, you got to vote for Trump because it, Biden they, is they have to create they have to or, create uh, <laughs> some, some lately it's been this stuff China like this Ukraine they have to manufacture scandals for him because there are a lot of things we know about Joe Biden he's been around for a long time like they tell us but one of the things that we know is that people haven't accused him of being corrupt. That just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't resonate with the picture we have of Biden. When it comes to Hillary, for whatever reason, misogyny included, when people say corrupt, crooked Hillary, 
there are people who look at her and go, yeah, she may have never been convicted of a crime, but I think she did something somewhere. They can't run that with Joe Biden. Including Anita Hill actually forgave Senator Biden. Uh, And he's being endorsed by a bunch of Republicans. it's, It's one of those things that when I when I talk to Republican friends who continue to be on the Trump bandwagon, I ask them, what is it that these people know that, what is it that you know that these people don't know? Okay. These are people who worked with him. These are people who have worked in the white house and they're telling you he's unfit. John Kelly is telling you he's unfit. Mathis is telling you he's unfit. Anthony Scaramucci that guy, <laughs> that guy is going around telling you <laughs> the man's a psychopath and he's unfit to be president. These are people who know him. Yet, somehow, you know better. Good, good point. And you know, it's funny, and you, we know how we look at people's um, responses, some of the takeaways. It's like, well, he didn't answer the question of the laptop issues and his son being a Michael, listen, I'm still voting. I'm going to vote for Trump. I mean, like you said, they manufacture. So Hunter Biden, who lives in Los Angeles, is going to fly to Delaware with his own laptop. A MacBook, maybe, right? (laughs) He's going to take the laptop. And I think the guy said he dropped other laptops off, too. So I don't understand that part. But he takes his laptop and he drops it off. The guy takes the laptop from him. The guy doesn't get his name. The guy doesn't get his address. The guy doesn't get his phone number. The guy doesn't get his billing information. The guy takes the computer from him without getting any of this stuff. And the guy says, by the way, I'm legally blind. So I don't know if it was Hunter. But I assume that it was Hunter because I saw a Bo Biden Foundation stick on it. Okay, so let's 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 just that's the part is that Hunter Biden, who apparently made a truckload of money because that's their problem. He made a truckload of money off of Burisma, can't find a computer repair shop in LA. He's gotta come all the way to Delaware and drop off that computer. Okay, so let's assume that you believe that part. Right? So this guy who's a drug dealer, drug coked up, drug head, travels 2,500 miles to get a laptop fixed by a blind guy, okay? Now, the blind guy can't find Hunter Biden. So he's got to figure out who does this computer belong to? Now, if you would have gotten the person's name, address, and phone number when they dropped off the computer, right? You would know who it belonged to. He doesn't have any of that information. What Mm -hmm. does he do, Michael? This is the story they want us to believe. He then goes into Hunter's computer and he goes through his email. Now, I don't know what email system he's looking at, but the email systems that I have, the newer emails are on the top. Right? So all he would have to do is look at one email that says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's Hunter Biden. Oh, there's some, let me send an email to these people and say, hey, listen, dude, I have your laptop here. Could you come get it? No, Michael, he doesn't do that. He goes (laughs) down for years and years of emails. 
So this Burisma thing is happening in 2016, 2015. He's gone through five years worth of emails to find this stuff. And then somehow miraculously, it's not that he calls the FBI. He, he gets in contact with Rudy Giuliani and Steve Bannon. How does he even get their phone numbers? This, this is, this is, this is, this is, it, the story, this is where if the you story. saw it in a movie, you would say this is implausible. You would walk out of the movie. You'd be like, come on, I could suspend my disbelief. Yeah, this is ridiculous. My, I, and, and here's the thing. I know I have incriminating stuff on my laptop. So I'm going to take it to another state and just forget about it. These are the same people who say Democrats are the ones who destroy hard drives. Why wouldn't he just destroy the hard drive? I mean, oh, it, it's, it's. No. And, and, and then when you challenge. You can't, you, story, you can't make this up. And you're told that. You are a pawn of the left-wing media. When you just say, I, I understand why a newspaper would not publish this because they don't even have the hard drives. In other words, the emails that the New York Post posted were emails that Rudy Giuliani gave them and he said it came from the hard drive. Gave them. Well, why don't you give them the hard drive? Why don't you give them the contents of and the first hard of all, drive? It's, since, since you guys are already mm -hmm. trafficking in 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 hacked uh, information. Why don't you just give them a copy of the hard drive, right? If 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 this email came from this is why the story's not getting verified. Oh, I'm going to take your word that this thing that you printed out came from this source that I haven't even seen. But to them, this is an example of the media being in the bag for Joe Biden. I tell them this all the time, Michael. If you don't want to vote for Biden because he's a liberal, a neoliberal, um, that's fine. If you don't want to vote for Biden because you think, well, he's 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 old, that, that that's that's fine. But if, if that's your reason, you can have whatever reason you want. But if you're telling me that you legitimately aren't going to vote for Joe Biden because of something his son is alleged to have done. I, I gotta, that just sounds like you're looking for a reason not to vote for him anyway. And at that point, you got a hundred reasons not to vote for him. His son doesn't have to be anything. Yeah, that, that, that's it. And that's where I feel like most of these voters, no one is undecided at this point. I, I always say, they just, they, 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 just be, they just want attention. They just want attention, man. I'm, and I, they just want. I don't mean to be disrespectful. It can't be undecided. Whenever someone says that, that means they're probably going to say something disrespectful. <laughs> but I don't mean to be. Dis <laughs> I don't mean to be. I have, a, I have the mute button. Go if ahead. You're undecided at this stage. I'm. I. I wonder how you made it through life. Because. Because. The, the differences between the two people couldn't be more stark, right? And here's the thing. Me, I'm cool you got that right. with some of our, our, our friends who are hardcore Trump supporters. They're solid in their, in their support for Trump. They may be deluded or whatever. 
but they're solid in their support for him. They don't waver. And then the people who are Biden, they're solid in their in 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 their support for Biden. So you have people who are just solid. Part of the reason is the two guys couldn't be more different. It, it's not like I can understand undecided if if you're like uh, like Bush versus Gore because Gore was trying to run away from Clinton because of the whole Lewinsky thing. He had Lieberman and Bush was playing kind of like, oh, I'm the nice folksy farmer guy, right? I, I, I could, I could understand. Yeah, like, like, it, it, yeah. It, it just it nine eleven. The contrast between the two weren't that much, and that was my frustration in that election because I said, if you want to, if if you're trying to cast yourself as a cleaner version of a Republican, the voter is just going to vote for the Republican. They don't need a Democrat masquerading as a as a Republican. So, so, so in that vein, I, I could understand that. But today, th- there's, there's, there's no reason not to know who you're going to vote for because it's not like he has some really excellent qualities that are just, both of them are what they are. And if you don't know that right now, then I don't know how you get up and 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 decide <laughs> what you're gonna wear, whether you're gonna brush your teeth, what are you gonna eat? Because it's not really a hard decision. Either way, either way, it's it's at this point, it's not a hard decision. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes another podcast series where I invited my guest, Sam Jean, to talk about his unique perspective on optics and the substance of the past debates. Now, hopefully you gained something from this, because I did, for sure. I'll be looking forward to talking to him about other issues that matter as we can continue other series of discussions. I'm going to leave all of you with this. Freedom is not something that anybody can be given. Freedom is something that people take. People are as free as they want to be. That is by James Baldwin. Ladies and gentlemen, exercise your right to vote. That is your freedom. Let your voices be heard. In several states, there's still time to register to vote. Do so. Make sure you mail in your ballot. Know the the times. Walk into the county office if you have to, to make sure your vote is counted. And if you're going to vote in person, make sure you know where your polling station is and the times when it opens and closes. You don't want to be that last one like, oh man, I couldn't exercise my right to vote because I forgot when, (laughs) where my polling station is. I'll leave you with that. Be safe, everyone. Until the next podcast series, follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. Be well.